Owners are closers. Owners sell is the point I'm getting across. When you believe in what you're selling enough that you will sell it to your mother or your daughter or your son or your dad, when you believe it enough that you're using it, now don't misunderstand, I don't think if you sell 747s, you gotta buy a 747. You know, if you're selling Fords and driving a Chevrolet, there's something that's a little inconsistent about what you're talking about. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we hear from Zig Ziglar on a message about the necessity to truly believe in what you are selling. Literally, the product or service you're selling, you must be a customer of yourself and fully believe in it if you want to succeed in selling it. It's a great personal story that Zig shares from his own sales experience in about a three and a half minute clip. From the message I posted on Facebook, which by the way, you're invited, find me there, friend me at Agent K Miller, so you can join in these weekly discussions. But the question I ask is, do you sell a product or service that you are a customer of? And if you're in an MLM company, did you or would you truly buy it if you weren't involved in the business side? We got a lot of responses, of course, a lot from multi-level marketing folks, which makes for an interesting conversation. I'll cue up the message from Zig to start us off right after I share some great resources. Okay, then here is a three and a half minute message from Zig Ziglar on believing in what you are selling. Uh, Years ago, when I was uh, in the cookware business, I spent 15 years selling heavy-duty waterless cookware. I never will forget one occasion in Columbia, South Carolina, I was the number one salesperson in America working for the Salad Master Corporation out of Dallas, Texas, and my friend Bill was struggling. Now, we sold the same product. We were in different organizations, but we were friends, and we'd frequently get together just to chat. I was over at his house, and uh, I was really all excited, and he was singing the blues. I mean, things were tough. And as uh, I got to talking to him, I said, well, Bill, I know what your problem is. He said, what's my problem, man? Tell me quick. I said, you're trying to sell something you don't believe in. Well, he about exploded. He said, what do you mean I don't believe in it? We got the greatest set of cookware on the American market. I said, I know that, Bill, but it's obvious you don't know it. He said, what do you mean I don't believe in it? I left a company I'd been with for four years. Uh, I was a manager there. I came aboard here as a salesperson. I believe in this product, but you you know what my situation has been. I wrecked my car, and for about a month there, I had to depend on the bus and cabs in order to go make calls, and you can't operate like that. And then he said, you know, my wife has been in the hospital. She was there for 10 days. We didn't have any insurance. The bill was horrendous. Now it looks like we're going to have to put the boys in the hospital and get their tonsils out, and I still don't have any insurance. He said, Zeke, but I'm going to get the set of cookware. I said, Bill, how long have you been with us? He said, well, five years. I said, what was your excuse last year and the year before and the year before and the year before that? I said, Bill, let me tell you the thought process that takes place when you're in the closing situation. The prospect says to you, Bill, I'd love to buy the set of cookware. It is really neat. But, but you see, I can't. I, I wrecked my car a month ago. And man, you can't sell and operate unless you've got transportation. The bus and the taxes, that just won't get it. My wife's been in the hospital for 10 days. I don't have any insurance. And man, that just stripped us bare. Now it looks like we're going to have to put the boys in the hospital and get their tonsils out. I said, now, Bill, me and you both know nobody's going to come up with exactly the same excuses that you come up with. 
But when they give you any excuse at all, you're sitting there saying to yourself quietly, now think positive, Bill, think positive. But deep down what you're thinking is, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. That's the reason I don't have a set of this stuff myself. Bill, let me tell you something. You need to buy a set of cookware from yourself today before you go out on your call. He said, do you really think it'll make a difference? I said, no, I don't think it'll make a difference. I know it will make a difference. Write your order, send it in, do it before you go out to make your first call. I persuaded him to do that. I said, Bill, if you do, you will sell enough extra cookware this week to pay for your own set of cookware. Later, he told me he earned more than enough to pay for his own set of cookware and acknowledged as he went on in his career that the best investment he ever made was the investment in his own product. Owners are closers. Owners sell is the point I'm getting across. When you believe in what you're selling enough that you will sell it to your mother or your daughter or your son or your dad, when you believe it enough that you're using it, now don't misunderstand, I don't think if you sell 747s, you've got to buy a 747. <laughs> you know, if you're selling Fords and driving a Chevrolet, there's something that's a little inconsistent about what you're talking about. Well, there you go, folks. Classic Zig Ziglar. Again, from that message, I posted this question on Facebook. Do you sell a product or service that you are a customer of? And if you are in an MLM company, did you or would you truly buy it if you weren't involved in the business side? Here then, we'll talk you through the great comments. Okay, Michelle, from Zig's message, I mean, obviously, the point is believing in what you're selling. I, I mean, I, I was thinking about it. And of course there are people that we know, and maybe we've even done it. I don't know if you have, you know, you could be involved in selling something that you are not a customer of because you don't have need to, I could be a great salesperson and be in the shipping industry and sell tugboats, even though I don't own one. So obviously there's, but I can still believe in it. If I didn't believe in the need, the value of it, I think as he talked about in the clip, it's just going to come through. We can't, I don't think we can viably sell something, effectively sell something that we don't truly believe in. That would be contrary to, to it's almost like a, a moral issue. It is, you know, and, and, you know, it's been said that people do business with those they know, like, and trust, right. And that no like, and trust comes because, um, you know, we get to know them, but we tend to want to buy something from somebody that we trust. And usually we can feel if they're happy in their job or not. Zig put it this way, you know, selling is just a transference of feeling. Mm -hmm. So if you're excited about it, if you truly believe that this person is going to benefit from what you're selling, it's going to, it's going to, you can't help it, (laughs) let it come off of you that way. Um, And the most successful people do really truly believe in what they're selling. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, so as we run, we'll, we'll get into more as we run through these questions. We had a lot of, uh, is this, I had more comments to this question than I have anything else for quite a while. And I did make the one call out to MLM. Uh, and if folks, you don't know that what that is, it's multi-level marketing, network marketing, call it what you will. Uh, something that Ziggler as a, as a corporation and Zig and Tom uh, we're both involved in plenty of multi-level marketing companies. I mean, that was started or people think of it as being started by Amway. It's a great business model. It has a lot of baggage these days because we do get a lot of people involved for the business side of it and not so much for the products, which is contrary again to how it started back with Amway. The point was, Hey, you're using this stuff yourself. 
uh, you're buying these products, why not benefit from it? So as a, as a model, it, it works. But, uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that, but in making a call out to that, we did get a lot of comments from people involved with multi-level marketing companies. So I went ahead and segmented them out and it was about half and half. There's actually a little bit more uh, of the MLM submissions. Uh, so, but I'm going to start off with the non ones, Michelle. So these okay. are folks with just various things and we'll read through them and, and get some comments. So Michael O'Brien, he says, I'm a sales manager of an RV dealership. My family and I own a fifth wheel and have a seasonal site where we enjoy the RV lifestyle on the weekends. It's helped me to better relate to our customers and also created fine, fun activities as a family, allowing us to come closer together. I believe in loving what you sell and I can see how this has helped me grow personally and professionally. I mean, yeah, if I'm buying an RV of any type, I want to buy from that guy. Uh, exactly. as opposed to somebody who knows all about it. I want to buy from the guy who goes, well, in mine, I do yada, yada, yada. That's perfect. Well, for sure. Because like if, if I were selling RVs, I wouldn't have a clue what to tell you. What, what, you know, what, what is it that somebody who's buying it really wants to know or needs to know? And so mm -hmm. to have that connection there is so important. I remember uh, just out of college, my first job, uh, I was selling copiers. And don't be jealous, uh, but it was uh, <laughs> office <laughs> copiers. Wow. And I won't say the company, but a very well-known company. But, you know, it's hard to, for me. It was hard to get really excited about selling copiers, yeah. <laughs> you know, because one, I it just wasn't something that I, I knew much about. And, and I struggled a little bit with the technology part of it. And I promise you that that came across in my sales presentations because I didn't have the I didn't have the knowledge of the product as well as like like this person does. And I didn't have the love for it. So it probably didn't come across as, as much as other people who lived and breathed and died copiers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we talked just a minute before we came on here and I was saying, gosh, have I ever been involved in something that I, I wasn't a, a purchaser of? I, I did. I worked for two years. It was my only two years as an actual W2 employee in my life. And I worked at a mortgage company and we had great success, but my focus was customer service and, and increasing the repeat and referral business. And we did that to a degree, a great degree. But uh, yeah, at the time I did not have any experience. I never bought a home. And, um, and as I went on and I did some work in that industry for a couple years, even after that finally left it because I, I didn't care. Um, I really didn't care. Now I wasn't against it, but I wasn't a believer and, um, I helped people in the industry sell, but yeah, I, obviously that, that speaks to why I didn't stick. It wasn't something mm -hmm. I cared about much. No, <laughs> the passion wasn't there. It wasn't there. And again, that is the point of why we are having this show and talking about that. Cause we do have people in, in our culture, more and more people, it seems who are not closely associated with the end product that they are a part of selling, uh, or actively involved in something that they're not, a uh, they're not a, a customer of themselves. And then we know, and we have stories and we see it in movies and TVs and uh, shows and sitcoms where it's funny, it seems where they're poking fun at some, they're actually involved in a business that they are, are, are not in support of. They don't even believe in and uh, how detrimental to your soul is that? Uh, well, Jeff Jones here, he says, I am definitely a customer of my product. However, I only became one after I sold it for a couple years. Can't believe I waited so long. I would have to say that my ability and passion for selling my product definitely increased after I became a customer. I became more of a believer and was more convincing because it was based on personal experience. 
Uh, and Jeff is the, he used to be the, uh, the drummer for big daddy weave. A lot of people know that, wow. uh, that Christian band. Yeah. And his website, I'll, I'll give it out as custom sticks, S S T I X custom sticks.com. So he makes drumsticks with your name on it, your company logo, uh, whatnot. So he does those for bands all around and people all, all over the country. I think even internationally. And he also now does baseball bats as well and has a great business. So he went from being a full-time uh, musician and, and artist to now he has this uh, very successful business. Uh, but interesting that he did it for a couple of years before, I guess, doing his own drumsticks. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, and I like, I like that point that sometimes you may not have the passion when you start, because let's face it, a sales job is a job. And many of us, I know when I was just getting out of college, I desperately needed a job. So I wasn't as picky on the passion part um, as I was making a living part. And that's when I did the copiers. But that, when I think about my next, um, I, I left copiers to go work for Zig. And that was clearly the opposite. I was truly, truly, truly living my passion, lived and breathed it. I loved what I sold mm -hmm. because I knew it was making a difference. So I went from one extreme to the other. But then when I left working for Zig, I actually pursued, I really wanted to get into um, corporate America, software sales. So, you know, an opportunity to do really get more, more opportunity. I'll just leave mm -hmm. it at that. And, but when I first started selling this one particular software, I didn't have any experience with it because it was telecom expense management software. So how on earth could I relate to that? Yes, it's companies yeah. managing their telecom expenses. And so I liked it, but again, it was a job. It wasn't until we started all getting cell phones and bills with cell phones mm -hmm. that I started to really understand what this software did on a huge level. So like on, on an, ex, you know, small level saving, you know, getting overbilled for something on your phone bill makes sense. It's it comes out of our pocket. Yeah. So when I finally started to experience it on my own, then I started to really get passionate about it. So I, then I, I just kind of got it more what it's doing for a big corporation and the amount of money it saves. So for me, I, I guess I've been in all three of those categories, no passion, total yeah. passion. And then the passion came later yeah. Um, but, but the key is, I think with sales, you can be successful in all of them. It's just whether the level of success you want to get to is going to always be greater when you have that belief factor in there. Amen. Amen. Here's an interesting one. Justin Hughes, he says, I don't sell, uh, and he has that in quotes, necessarily sell a product in the, in the traditional sense as I'm in the IT support world, but I certainly benefit from tech support. More specifically, I handle backups and I do use a backup solution for my personal systems, especially since seeing that side of the business. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he mentioned, he kind of paraphrases a little bit. He says, I, I quoted the word sell in there because I've listened to Zig enough to know that I am selling, even though I'm not on the front lines. Uh, appreciate that again. Yeah. There's, you know, there's different, a service and industry that he's in that he obviously enjoys. I would never be in the it world because I don't have that kind of a brain. So I, I, <laughs> I love that Justin obviously does. Um, I love what he said about what Zig said, you know, because yeah. Zig really believed in the, the, the selling profession and that we should be proud salespeople mm -hmm. because if it is that transference of feeling, it means that we truly believe in something that we know will make a difference in somebody's life. And that sells. Um, mm -hmm. It's just when, when you start putting, I think so many people have a negative connotation of sales. I know I did for a long, long, long time until I heard yeah. that from Zig too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's one you'll appreciate. Marvin Pennick. He says, I am a coach who gets 
coached. My goal is to always pay my coach two times what I charge. Now that's an interesting one to me because I have spent a lot of time in the coaching and consulting world, um, doing it myself, but then also in, in helping coaches and consultants grow their businesses. And it is not that common to find a coach or consultant who gets coached and gets consulting from those, uh, from other people. But I've seen the most successful ones are just like Marvin here. And they do that as well. They are students getting taught at the feet of others, uh, as they are also doing that. I, I, I for folks who are, are looking at getting a coach or consultant in any area, I think that's a great question to ask, ask them, where do they get their own coaching and consulting? I think a lot of them would say they've done that in the past and that's, that's highly beneficial. If, if they have, if they say that they never have, that's a red, that's a red flag, but that they have in the past, but do they currently, um, that's a great filter. It is such a good, I am so passionate about this because I believe you, you must invest in yourself. If you truly want to be successful. Now, look, we, we all can hit some level of success, but if we want to go to that next level, you have to have a coach, you have to have a mentor, a consultant, someone who has been where you want to go. And I, I personally am a big believer of that. I do coaching as well. And I always had at least one coach in my court. There, there was a time I had two or three different coaches for different reasons you know, some for my speaking business, some for just, you know, entrepreneurial coaching, marketing coaching, things like that. But I totally agree. If you're working with someone and they don't invest in themselves, I, I personally, I start to question it. You know, if you expect people to invest in you, then what are you doing to invest in yourself? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, and I've mentioned this before, testified to it before. Uh, my dad, Dan Miller, author of 48 days, of the work you love. I mean, he has spent, uh, decades, uh, a couple at least coaching and consulting at a high level. And, uh, I, he is, I don't know if, if 60 days ever goes by that he is not getting coaching or consulting from somebody, or he's at an event getting as a, as a participant, even if, even the ones he speaks at, he goes to, he'll do a speaking piece of it, but then he'll stay for the, the entire event to get you know, get that coaching and consulting. It was a great testimony to me. Always has been. You know, Zig was the same way. And I think back to all the times, you know, whether I don't, whether or not he had a, 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 a full-time coach, I don't know, but he always had mentors and people that spoke into his life to, you know, those yeah. are the folks on his wall of gratitude. And I saw it even as he, even as he was getting older, he was always learning yeah. from other people, no matter who he met, he had a notebook with him and a pen. And he was, he was learning and being coached by anyone because um, he was open to it. And so I, I just think that's so important. That's a whole other show, but <laughs> uh, we, well, there you go. We need to do that. One. But I'm glad Marvin brought it up because <laughs> yes. it is so, so important. It is. Um, Terry Johnson says I spent over, I, or I spend over $20,000 annually on my own personal insurance programs, the same products I recommend to my clients. I proudly show my clients, uh, my own insurance portfolio and how it works, which proves to them my belief in what I am advising them. And I'm walking the walk. Wow. Perfect. That's Fabulous. Wouldn't that make you feel more confident oh my gosh. <laughs> in investing with that person? Absolutely. I, it made me think about the insurance, uh, some of the stuff I've got, you know, life insurance and, and, and property and, you know, Greece, you got auto and home, yada, yada, that, um, yeah, my insurance agents, I recall them using their, you know, their own mm -hmm. policies as an example. And that's, that's powerful. Because if they're not going to do it themselves, what does that tell you? Yeah. I, the, the example I think of, uh, you know, I haven't having two kids when they were little, whenever there was uh, some medical 
something that needed a, a procedure or surgery, I remember always asking, you know, getting tonsils out or something like that. Always asking the doctor, you know, did you do this for your own kids? Or mm-hmm. if this was your child, would you do this for them? Because if, if they wouldn't, or if they haven't, well, yeah, no, we opted to do a different route. To me, that said, well, then, you know, then I'm not going to do this for my own child. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But you're right. You're not going to do it for yourself. Why should anyone else want to do it with you? There you go. Uh, well, Judy Tootin says, my husband sells amazing adventure trips that we take our family on as often as possible. We have been doing them together for 20 years, but he just started going public with them recently. Uh, we keep doing these trips no matter what they build character through suffering and working hard and having fun together. And they build relationships too. Uh, and I have known those folks for probably 15 years, been a long time since I've seen them. They have somewhere around a hundred kids. They have more than I do, I think. Uh, <laughs> and they do that. They go on these trips. Uh, and now that they're here, I didn't know that, that they're selling them. That is, that is great. And that's what we see the most. I mean, they are excited about it. That's who we want to buy from that's, that's, that's integrity right there. That is, I don't know. I love those sound like great trips. Too. Yeah, I know. I need to check out what they're doing. Uh, Steve Rosen says, I recently chose to do a health fitness sponsorship for a product, uh, and not doing an MLM or affiliate marketing. I promote the product I use and receive monthly product in exchange. I don't sell it. I am simply a walking example of it. Uh, beautiful. I mean, that, that is, you know, it reminds me of the podcast advertising. I just, I get lists every week of new podcast advertisers that are, that are looking to be a part of shows. And I go through it and I, I, uh, there's a lot of them I reject, you know, we're not going to, mm-hmm. we're not going to promote. And then I'll go through and I may have, you know, 10 that I say, yeah, these would be a good fit for what we're doing. But then I'll list out a handful that I can personally attest to either. I've been a customer of their specific product or in that industry. I am a, you know, con- a consumer of those types of products. And, uh, the best ones then will get on a phone call with me and send me their products. I've gotten thousands and thousands of dollars in, um, in products and services from these companies that then I can endorse unless I don't like it. And then I won't, uh, but that is, that is, uh, again, that's, that's what we want to hear from. That's the, it's the old, um, Paul Harvey effect, right? And we knew that true value hardware stores pipes you know, paying a million bucks for him to advertise them. But we also believe that he used them. And we see people like that today. Dave Ramsey's really good with doing that. And he's known for, he is not, doesn't matter how much money you offer. He is not going to promote your product if he does not believe it. And he grills his advertisers. I think that's, that's just the bottom line of what you said a minute ago. Integrity. That's, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, we think of sales as you have to have a salary or a comp plan in order to be a salesperson, but really you're selling just by what you believe in, what you, what you're promoting. I can think of several different, uh, programs, products, MLM products, actually, that I'm not a, uh, salesperson quote unquote for them, but I take the product and I tell everyone about it. Now, if they're interested, then I just send them on to my friend who sells it, but I'm selling just because of my experience with it. And so you don't have to be a salesperson of that company to be in sales for a product or service. Absolutely. I think that's, that's what's interesting. I think we all are so ready to, when we hear somebody talk about a product or service that we'll recommend it. Oh, I use this one. You got to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I use Apple price. You got to do that. And then we so often don't find those people who, who are, who do that with the actual job or, or, or career mm-hmm. that they're involved in. They're not as avid doing that, man. I want to hear if you're involved in a, 
product or service that you, you think is great. I want to, I want to hear it. I want to know that you care about me and you're not just out to sell me, of course, exactly. uh, alone, but sometimes I feel it's a tragedy. You know what? Here, here real quick. Let me, let me, let me share a quick example. I was in a small group. It was a newlywed group. This was, this was a long time ago, obviously. <laughs> um, and we had been together for a year or two. And one of the guys in the group was a, a mortgage lender. Uh, mm -hmm. another guy in the group comes, uh, you know, shows up one day or one evening. And when we get, do our get together and talks about that, they are just buying a house and they are just thrilled. And, and my buddy over here, the lender goes, I, dude, did you, know, that's what I do. You know, I could, I could have helped you. And it just never came up though. I mean, it, we weren't, we didn't talk about it. And to his part, I would say, gosh, you, you, you didn't really, you know, let us in on what you do and why you love it. That it's a gift to do that, to let people know what you're involved in, uh, so that you can, we, we want to buy from people that we know and trust, just like you said. Gosh, that's such a great point. In fact, that just happened to me this week, Kevin. And, you know, I feel like I do a good job promoting my mm -hmm. business and what I do and telling people, but but in a lot of situations, it just doesn't come up and I don't make a big deal out of it. And one of my neighbors sent me an email and it was forwarding another book publishing seminar. Mm. She's like, do you know anything about this? Um, is this sort of what you do? And I'm like, that's exactly what I do. Wow. <laughs> how have I not made, how have I not shared that? Because I'm so passionate about it, but yet sometimes we're afraid to, to share with other people what we're passionate about for fear of feeling like we're selling to them. But Gosh, that could have benefited this woman, you know, and I didn't even know. Absolutely. I, I'm, I, it's funny. I, I'm about, I've been talking about this for so long. I'm in a business that's taken so much longer to, to get us to market. I don't, I don't know when I can say we're going to go public here. I cannot wait till I do. I Yay. will have to try really hard not to be obnoxious. Cause I, we, we, you know, it's a, it's a product that we've, we've created a lot of it cause it didn't exist. We wanted it to now we did. And, uh, everybody will hear about it, but I, I will not be holding back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, Alexandria Hopkins here. I'll just read a couple real quick and then, and then I want to jump on the MLM uh, list here, but Alexandria Hopkins says as an entrepreneur that offers virtual assistance, I can say without a doubt, I have multiple uses for a VA. I love our service. Cannot be prouder of what I do for a living. And I did tell people feel free to give their email or their uh, website. Since she did, it was, it's C, the, the letter CC my admin.com. Uh, well, thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you, Alexandria. Uh, and then Thomas McMillan here says, I absolutely. I'm an, an Aflac rep and every Aflac plan I can, I own. And I think it gives me credibility and I truly believe in what I do. Awesome. That's the point. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Well, so let's talk a little bit on, you know, again, uh, various or so many products and services can be done with a multi-level marketing uh, program. And if there's anybody listening, that's not real familiar with that. It's saying, Hey, here's buy. And if you want to sign up for the business side, you can also, uh, uh, sell to other people and get them to sell the products as well and benefit from that, which is great. I mean, we have a lot of, even in the podcast world, we have a lot of affiliate programs mm -hmm. where instead of just paying flat advertising, I can say, Hey, everybody, you should go check out XYZ product service event, whatever. And here's my, in my, here's my special link. Go to, you know, Ziggs, show.com slash whatever. A lot of times those are paid advertisers once in a while it's an affiliate and they'll say, Hey, uh, whatever we sell, you'll get a portion of that. I just got a, a, uh, a PayPal, uh, alert this morning about some money that we made from doing that for an affiliate. 
multi-level marketing is, is another way of saying, Hey, you can get paid for what you use and what, what you sell and uh, what you get other people to sell and what has happened. That's a solid plan, but what has happened is a lot of people get involved for the business part of it. Not so Mm -hmm. much the products. So as we read through here, we're going to hit on some of the, some of the issues that we've all probably experienced or or heard of. And uh, this is not a pro or con for MLM. It's just one that I know a lot of people are involved in. Well, we'll let them, we'll let them say, Uh, well, let me ask Michelle, have you ever? Have I ever been involved? I have actually, um, in both ways. I, the one thing I mentioned earlier, there is a, uh, supplement Mm. line that I have been taking for the last 18 years and I love it, but I will never sell it. It has totally, totally changed my life. And, um, you know, I love it, but I don't sell it because it's just not my passion. Okay. Um, there was a time though, when I was working in corporate America, I was in software and I was pregnant with my second son and I was looking for a way out. I wasn't happy. It was before I found my passion and wrote books and do all do, started my business, but somebody approached me in Mary Kay and mm-hmm. I was never the kind of person that wanted to sell makeup, but I understood their business model and understood that, you know, by recruiting other people, you could build a business. And, um, and so I, I jumped on it for, for a little, about nine months. And I was one person away from my first car when I delivered my son. And then I never went back, but it wasn't because I didn't believe in the company. It's a great company, beautiful company, but the, the, the model, uh, I just couldn't keep up with the way that I, you know, I I don't know. It just didn't work for me long-term. So long answer to your short question, Kevin, sorry. Um, yes, I've been involved, but not, not to the degree that so many of our listeners have who are doing this full-time and making it. I know so many people who are so, so, so successful in their direct sales or their ML and company. And uh, I admire them for that. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Well, and I too, I was involved in, um, in a few, uh, nothing that I, and I did get involved with them and admittedly, uh, I'll say for the business side of it. And they were products that at the time I did use, but after I stopped the business side of it, I did not, you know, the only one that I did think was pretty, was pretty legitimate and made some good money. And it was prepaid phone cards. I don't know if you remember those. Um, mm. and, uh, they did well. I made good money and it actually just kind of phased out because if you think of it as a technology aspect. It just, we went beyond that. Um, yeah, I think with any MLM direct sales company, it has to be something that has a personal story to mm -hmm. you. Because like you said, if we, we all join it for the the business, like I said, you know, for the makeup, I joined it not because of the product, but more the business model and that passion didn't stay with me. Mm -hmm. So, but those that I've met and I've met people that, um, you know, are so involved in, in their, whatever it is, and they'd have a personal story to tell why they got involved in it they're the ones who are still doing it. So it's that, that passion, that personal experience, that story. Yeah. It's even more important when you're in a, you know, multi-level company. I think so too. Well, here, we'll hear from some here, a bunch of people, uh, testified that Peyton says, absolutely still buy the products. If I weren't in the business, I wanted the products before the business. They're not expensive, especially for the quality I receive. And they really have made a difference in my life and my families. If I didn't like the products, I couldn't promote them. I would feel so wrong morally for sharing something I don't believe in. Well, there you go. 
Perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. She didn't say what, what the business is. Uh, Avi Friedman says, I'm a health coach for Octavia Health Program, as well as being on their weight loss regimen. One of the reasons I became a coach was to help other people obtain optimal health while at the same time keeping myself accountable. I find it really beneficial in keeping my weight off if I give people advice and suggestions that I could use myself. It's definitely kept me on track, and I love seeing both my results and other people's results at the same time. It's so rewarding. Uh, you know, that brings up a point to me of, especially in that arena, of health and wellness, which I'm involved in, uh, so heavily that, uh, to promote a product service methodology, treatment program, whatever it may be, does that mean, well, I'll just say this. We can't do that from a place of perfection. I am not perfectly healthy and well, it's impossible. I am on the journey so I can testify to the things that I have done that have helped to the products I've used supplements or whatever it may be treatment programs that I've used that have helped me. But I'm also, I'm on the journey with everybody because I'm always dealing with either not necessarily illnesses and ailments, but areas where I wish I was better. I wish my digestion worked better and I'm working on that. And here's what I'm doing. Here's what hasn't worked. And I've also fallen off the wagon somewhat. And just like we all do with health and wellness and man, I'm not doing what I want to do. Um, and so I, I like that testimony just to, to put that out, especially in those types of industries where they're great ones for us to showcase. We are on the journey. We're a customer just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, I have to, a friend, somebody I'm thinking of, I'll give her a shout out, Cindy uh, Durham, who's in my neighborhood here. The, the supplement that I've liked so many years is Juice Plus, but part of it is they have like a weight loss thing and all that too. And every so often they do this program to lose some weight. And I always raise my hand. I want to do it. And then I always something I can't follow through as well as I hoped yeah. uh, that human factor. But Cindy, she always does it with everyone. So she's not like, I sell this. I, right. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, above that, she does it every single time. And that just, to me, just reinforces she has passion for it. She, everyone looks to her like, wow, she's just like us. She struggles with it too, but yet she still keeps trying and it inspires us and it keeps people on board. And so, you know, I think that's the key is letting people know I am human. I'm struggling with this too, but I'm using these products or services to help me get better. And I'm going to do it with you. To me, that just reinforces the best uh, pr- promoter of that product. You Absolutely. Know? I, I want all my products and services to come from people like that. Uh, well, Glenn Walker says, I've actually joined a couple of MLMs along the way. One, we, we joined specifically to help my wife with the situation she was having. We benefited from the product, though we felt it was costly. Eventually, when she was well, we stopped using it and didn't remain in the MLM. We see that a lot. And that is, I think we see that. I've seen that. I'll just talk first person here. I've seen that products and services that are good, but they do seem really expensive. And, mm-hmm. and it, may, it may be more so than something else that I would opt for. And yet if you get in the business, it then brings the cost down to a more competitive or, or even better price than those but then there's the quandary. So here's something that I wouldn't buy retail and yet I'm trying to sell it retail or what we see in those a lot of times is that it's built on getting people involved so they can better afford them. I, I don't know that that's, I'm not going to say that that's, that's bad or, or wrong. I, I, it, it's a little, it's a little gray though. I think it's a little sketchy yeah. for the longevity of the, of the, of that program. And it is tough for people who legitimately can't afford it. And the only way they can afford it is to, you know, bring other people into the business. That is that quandary, you know, um, you know, cause some of these products or if not most of them, they are, you know, you're paying a little bit more for, but the, in many cases you get a premium product. And so it's, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think it comes down to the person. And, you know, I feel like those that should go into a business like that have to have two things. One, they have to believe in the product without a doubt. Like the whole show is about that, right? Without a doubt, it's more important than ever, especially in that kind of a business model. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they have to believe in the business function of it because just because you believe, I'll use Juice Plus again as the example, just because you believe that these supplements are the best and make you feel good, if you can't get on board with what it takes to Mm -hmm. build a business and to talk to people and put on programs and recruit people and do all that, then you won't be successful. So it's, it has to be more than just the belief and the, I love this product. It has to be, I'm willing to do the work because you and I both know it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy having your own business. It's not easy being a part of a direct sales company, but the rewards are high for those that stick with it. There are, well, so you're hitting on the thing that is difficult uh, and I think has really harmed the industry is there's so many of them that, that they come right off and say, look, you can do this. You do not have to be a salesperson. I just can't quite believe that. It is a sales job. Uh, you, it is. I mean, think of it almost like a real estate agent. So take it out of direct sales or MLM for a minute, but it's the same thing. I mean, you can be the most outgoing people person, know tons of people in your area, and that will give you the edge as a, as a real estate agent. But it doesn't mean it takes away the work involved in making the calls and doing the showings and, and, and doing all the work that it involves. Same with direct sales. And in fact, that is the one thing that I have seen over and over and over again. And I'll raise my hand and say, I've been guilty of mm-hmm. saying to people before, you know, you can make this much. There's all these opportunities. It doesn't require that much work. You know, if you're a people person, you can do this. But the reality is, you know, you still have to have the drive to run a business. Yeah. Well, and like you said a minute ago, you said, as, as Zig uh, quoted, tra- selling is a transference of feeling that when we are selling, we are first and foremost selling ourselves and trust in us. And yet it's often showcased, I think, in the MLM world that, hey, this is all about the product or service. It sells itself. How many times have you heard that? It sells itself. It is so fantastic. And uh, it just I don't believe that you've got to, you got to have trust. I'm not going to buy. You can, you can't give away hundred dollar bills on New York streets sometimes because people just, they don't trust it. It's that's it's, so true, right? What's wrong with it? Is yep, it- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, so here's another one right on the heels of that. Julie Goodhue. She, she says, I am in my fourth year of my MLM. If it wasn't, if I wasn't part of the MLM, I could not afford the product. I love the products and they have value. My family just could not afford it. Uh, before that, my husband and I ran our own computer networking service company for 14 years. Well, so here's, there you go. I mean, that that's right to what Zig's story was about, that they just can't afford it. Their ability, Julie, your ability to sell this thing to other people when you yourself can't afford it is has got to be greatly hampered. That is directly related to that uh, story from Zig. So, I mean, she does, but does put in, in parentheses, it's, it's somewhat of a hobby business. I think that's probably where it's going to stay for you. If you wanted to truly do this, you'd need to be able to afford it yourself. Right. Yeah. And that is tough because I mean, we all have financial ops, mm-hmm. you know, challenges, things that we cannot afford. Sometimes though, it's a matter of if we believe it's worth what it's worth. I mean, it's, uh, I, I guess the, you know, I have a theory, you know, depending on most people, no matter how much money you make, you find a way to spend it. Right. So it's, it's more, not so much if you can afford it, but more, if you choose to make it a priority, Yeah. um, you know, 
but I, I, I do, I hear what she's saying though, because, you know, th- there are many, many things that I have products that I've really loved and enjoyed through MLMs, but then I have had moments where I'm like, yeah, I, I can get something similar for half the price mm-hmm. without having to do the effort to stay involved. So should I do that or not? But, you know, all that to say, I, I know more people that are so much, so successful in their MLMs and finding a way to do it. But I think it's because maybe they've overcome that price factor. Mm-hmm. Because if you see something, it's the same difference as somebody selling cars who sells um, Kias and somebody who sells Mercedes Benz, right? If, if a Kia, Kia salesperson, and I don't mean to use brands here, I'm just trying yeah, yeah. to do the equivalent of different you know, levels. But let's just say the Kia salesperson gets promoted to work over at Mercedes Benz, but they're still thinking that a car is really, you know, the, the most that you would ever spend on a car is, you know, X. And then you go over to Mercedes Benz, and <laughs> the lowest you'd ever spend there is 10 times the X yeah. of what it is over there. You might have a hard time adjusting. Because you know that you could probably drive a car for less than what you would pay here. Yeah. But it's that flip of, you know, well, what value, additional value do you get? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I made sense on that no, one. No, no, it, it does. I'm, I'm smiling. <laughs> In my mind, I'm, it was making I'm sense. I'm smiling. <laughs> I've got a friend who who is the general manager at a Mercedes dealership just down the hill from me here. And that guy loves Mercedes. He owns, I don't know how many he owns. He just recently bought one of the big vans that he's converting into an RV type thing. And he wants a Mercedes, you know, RV. Uh, and that's, that's, yeah, his, and his perspective is much different than the guy working at the, yeah, Kia place who hopefully drives one himself. Right. Exactly. And that tells you something else too, but yeah. going back to what you said before. Totally. Well, here, Monique, I got a couple more here. Monique says, I love the products I am a distributor for is actually a customer for over a year before I became involved in the business side of it. I find it much easier to promote something I love and have a story that I can share with others. Um, I have worked with other MLM companies, two of which I no longer do business for, but still use the products many years later. Uh, at the mo- at the moment, I am very excited to share my products because they have done so much for me. Uh, perfect. I mean, that's what yeah. you want to do. And it's interesting. I've heard other people like you, Michelle, who use products from an MLM company that they have no desire to uh, promote, and they don't even they don't even speak them like you did. You didn't tell us the name, uh, but you use them. So that that's great. That's the kind of company that we want to be involved in. Yeah, you know, I. I think that that enthusiasm, you know, enthusiasm, we're, we're attracted to people who have enthusiasm because mm-hmm. if they're legitimately excited about this product, you, you want to ask them, well, well, what is it you're doing or, or what is it that you're selling? Or, you know, like you were so excited about what's about to go public. We can't wait to know because mm-hmm. of your enthusiasm. So I think the most successful salespeople just make sure and maybe do a check on yourself, no matter if you're MLM or, or working for a corporation, do you have that enthusiasm that people are dying to know what it is you're selling yeah. because you, you're just living and breathing it and it just comes out of you. Totally. Here's one, Michelle, that, uh, some people will feel this guy, Mike Sutherland. He says, I have left two MLMs, MLMs and no longer use their products. To me, they were overpriced and the shipping was usually overpriced when compared with Amazon. I hate to give the names because I still have friends in both of them and don't want to badmouth them. I'm concentrating now on building side businesses where I don't have to rely on recruiting. Uh, I bought my first rental in 2017. I published Amazon Kindle books. I do some web development on the side and I'm looking at some other opportunities. Um, I did join Young Living just because my wife really likes the products and we can buy them at member cost, but we've never tried to build it as a business. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just really tired of the recruiting arena and Young Living is essential oils. Uh, somebody yes. else 
somebody else, where is that here? Talked about, uh, we got a handful of, of essential oils. Let me just read those real quick. Kayla says, we've often talked about what our life would look like if we dropped our MLM company and how often we use the products, uh, wouldn't change. We use essential oils in every aspect of our life. The business has actually helped offset the cost of the products we would use regardless. And, uh, somebody else mentioned specifically young living. I, th- that is one that I have probably heard the most about is just essential oils in general, uh, people who use them and, and uh, are involved in the company and it's gotten my wife using them. She uses a couple different ones. She doesn't sell it at all, has no desire to, she's kind of like you. She's, she, she knows what she wants to do and, and it doesn't care to some, even though she is a consistent buyer of them. Um, but yeah, on yeah. Mike's aspect of tired of recruiting, tired of the business. I, I mean, I understand that. I think that's, that's happened to a lot of people who they're not salespeople. That's so in- incredibly important to point out because, you know, it's, it's just like somebody who starts a business based on what they love to do, right? There's a great book called The E-Myth, uh, mm-hmm. E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And, and he talks about that all of these people who get into businesses that fail typically are people that go after doing what they love to do, but they don't love running a business. So they fail. There's more to it than that. But the same I'm seeing in, in direct marketing, most people, direct sales, MLM, um, most people who get involved love the product, mm-hmm. right? They, they love the product or the service so much that they want to get involved, but they don't realize what it takes to build a business. And recruiting it's a, is, the, is what multi-level marketing is. So it, it has to be, you have to be comfortable with both. You have to have that passion, but if you have just passion alone and no desire to recruit and no desire to you know, hit those goals, numbers, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be really hard to succeed. And that's when I think people get the quandary of, well, do I stay with it because these products are expensive? So maybe the answer is more, uh, training on, you know, that part of it. Although I know most MLMs do a great job with training, but it's just interesting that recruiting seems to be that recurring theme that everyone is struggling that and overpriced. That's what I keep hearing from some of these comments. Yeah, that, that is, and you know, in this, if we're talking about selling that you need to be a salesperson, the MLM aspect of it, I think also requires uh, a need. You need to be social, um, Mm -hmm. which, so here I am and I am an admitted salesperson. Um, I, I enjoy it when it's something that I care about. I had last Friday was kind of a sales day and we have a high end product, uh, that I still am involved in selling in the health and wellness arena. And I was just wailing away. I think I made six uh, sales and these are big monthly sales that, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And that is just fun. I know I'm helping people dramatically and uh, that is fun. I, however, am not the most social person. I get peopled out. I'm an introvert. And so in the aspect of, yeah, going and talking to people and groups of people and whatnot, I do not enjoy it. And that is one of the things that, again, steered me away from the MLM world. Cause for the most part it takes that. Now there is, we have the online world and there's some opportunity, but it is really a relational networking arena. It is. And it's you making that first move. Yeah. I think honestly, Kevin, that's why I love uh, books so much <laughs> and writing books, but also helping people to write books. Because when you have that credibility factor, people come to you, meaning yeah. like if you have yeah. a book or something offered, they ask you to go and speak. So then you're, you're going and sharing you're essentially selling to a group one to many instead of one to one, which is what most direct sales is just one to one. But it's it's like it gets you over that hump of having to do every 
first call. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, it's almost like people are starting to call you because, oh, you've written a it, book. You're credible. You're, it I makes a, what you've got. <laughs> it makes a hundred, uh, it makes complete sense. I, I, I'll brag and say, you know, my, my closing ratio when I have a sales call is it's, it's above 95%, but and there's a, but yeah, but there's a huge, but, uh, these people have been searching around. They've come to our website and the website completely filters them. It tells the prices. It tells most of it. So by the time I get the phone call they're I know that they pretty much want this. They're trying to overcome a couple hurdles. Um, but it, it, it's, it's done. And that's my, yeah, I'm not a cold caller and I'm a, no. I'm a warm prospect. Give me, give me a warm prospect. I'm good to go. You have what my brother, my brother is a marketing company and he has what, the invisible sales person because yes. they're, you're basically somebody selling for you before you even have to get there to sell. And, and that's, I think, really a great tool. <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. Everyone who submitted here, we had a ton. I, I didn't get through half of the submissions here, but uh, completely appreciate that. And I think it's, that's a good, a good barometer for all of us to look at is how much of a fan are we the products and service that we're a part of? And, and I think we, I like that we came to the point too. Are we actively letting people know uh, so that they can benefit mm -hmm. people who know us, love us, trust us. Uh, they should know what we do so they can, when time comes and then maybe they're a prospect for what we have, that we have the opportunity to help them with uh, what well, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite quote. It's probably my most oft said one from Zig is uh, if you have a product or service, you know, can help somebody it's your moral obligation to sell it. So we use that a lot. My business partner and I, as we're getting and talking and getting passionate about this thing that we're, we're about to provide, is it our moral obligation to bring this to the market? And by golly, we're, we're about there. You're about there. about there. Well, and just to add one more thing yeah. to that, Kevin, and I, I love this conversation because it is about the belief. You have to believe in what you're selling, the product, yeah. the service, whatever it is. If it's not there, it's pretty much guaranteed failure. However, I just want to add one thing to that. Yeah. It's not just belief in the product or the service. It's belief in the process or the company yeah. or the, the way in which you bring that product. So for direct sales, multi-level, it's the process. It's the recruiting. It's doing all that. You have to believe in that in order to be successful. Yeah. If it's working for a company, you have to buy into the company, the morals, the values, and everything with it along with the product you're selling. Boy, that's, that's, that's another show as well. I think and that, that, that's huge. <laughs> that, that is huge. And, and we see people who may like a product and they don't like their, you know, CEO, owner, boss, whatever. Uh, and then, uh, I think people on the other side of it too, that, that, that love some a leader so much, they would be a part of what they're doing regardless of what they're selling. Uh, so yeah, great point. Well, I hope that, uh, inspires some folks in what they're involved in and it may, if it questions you as, as far as what you are involved in now, um, I think that's, uh, there's a good place to grapple with it right there. Um, Michelle, as always, thanks. Thanks, Kevin. All right, friends. I hope that was confirming for you regarding the business that you're involved in, uh, that you believe in what you're truly selling, or it may have given you pause to think about the business you are involved in. If you're not totally sold on it. Hey, if you got value from the show and this was an interesting topic to you, let us know. Mention the specific show and leave a review in iTunes if you haven't already. Well, coming up next in show 591, we talk about getting you to your full potential. Literally, our topics are dealing with your inner critic, imaginary obstacles, and self-limiting beliefs. Our guest is Ed DaCosta, an author and executive coach. He works with a lot of C-level executives, giving them a safe place to talk about their gremlins, in essence. 
the fears and insecurities and limiting issues in their own psyche. And it gives him a really profound insight into the real life issues that hold people, even top performers back. You'll gain a lot of value from this conversation, folks. Well, till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 